This is the MDRT Podcast. Can you play your best if you don't practice? During a recent conversation in Bethesda, Maryland. David Munson from Bethesda, Maryland. Dan Drossen from Washington, D.C. Lori Lynn from Fairfax, Virginia. Discuss the benefits of listening to recordings of themselves to improve and rehearse their presentation style. I played soccer in college and growing up. So, you know, the activity, and, you know, that's something you have to learn, I think, in the practice a little bit. But the activity that you do on a day-to-day basis, we train in sports. You train like crazy before the game. You train, you know, 75, 80, 90 percent of the time to play for a game for an hour. So taking that same discipline and applying it to our business, a lot of times I feel feel like a lot of people new to the business, they, they play games and they don't train. All the time. All they the think time. it's all play. Exactly. No work, uh-huh. no discipline, no fortitude, no persistence. Exactly. But, yeah. And they meet with, you know, meeting with clients instead of like actually rehearsing that, how that meeting goes, how that process goes, et cetera. So for me, that was, it was really kind of looking at it from that light is, hey, we need to practice more, me, myself, and then also my team, we need to scrimmage. So we have these processes down when we meet with clients. It's the same way, consistent process every time. How do you establish that rehearsal process? We just schedule it throughout the week. So, you know, for example, with my account reps, we meet. You know, we have a set time every single week where we meet and we rehearse different scenarios, different client cases, go through, okay, what's important to this family and try to take a look at it from a very highly customer-focused lens about what does this family need, what are they concerned about, what are their wants, desires, dreams, and then how can we best align with them to achieve their goals. And then what do those word tracks look like, okay? And a lot of times when people are new, they like to tell how much they know, okay, when really it's a lot about asking the questions and mm-hmm. getting the diagnosis right. So we just try to rehearse that like crazy. Mm-hmm. Do you make them record themselves? I don't, but that's a good idea. It's great. Yeah, uh-huh. we tried it one time, and yeah. they didn't want me to, so I borrowed their own cell phone, and I recorded it on their phone so that no one else have it. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. And it, it was a very good tool. They were shocked to hear themselves. I don't like to listen to myself. That's no, <laughs> it's revealing. It's really revealing when you listen to yourself. Yeah. I call it watching the game tape. Watching the game tape? There watching you go. Watching the game tape. And, um, wow. You hear what you say, you hear what you fail to say, you hear how you say it. It's very revealing. Do you do that quite a bit? or I record quite a bit with clients' permission, but I fail to review it as much as would be helpful. I mean, I take diligent notes and not reviewing it in that way, but reviewing it for personal edification, for personal improvement. I do it less, but I've got a war chest of game tape to review, and I do sometimes go back through it. It's always quite revealing. What made you start doing that? I think it was a trainer early on that said you really wanted to know how you're doing watch yourself go like abstain from role playing with somebody else and getting feedback like you really want to know what you're doing look in the mirror and record yourself i had an agent out of town that i needed to train so we did a webinar and i recorded my webinar for like future reference or so that i don't have to do it over and over it was a training that should have lasted about hour and a half to two hours. I was done in 45 minutes. So I knew that something was not right. And one of the things was because it was recorded, and I told him not to ask any questions. So I know that had something to do with it, but still, I finished it very short. And the next day, I replayed it and listened to it, and I was a horrible trainer. Really? Why? <laughs> yes. I left out a lot of information. So I know that even as a producer meeting with a client, I know it in my head, and I may think that I said it, 
but there are going to be times that I may not have said it. And, you know, sometimes when you meet with clients, they say, remember what I told you last time? And you would say that, but did I really say it? And I can't really vouch for it unless there is a recording of it. So that's another reason why I meet my clients more than once, to say the same thing over and over, to make sure that I said it and to make sure that they understand it or they heard it. What was so bad about your performance? I left out information that I thought that I had said. And that was that's very important, you know. I mean, yeah, when we're having a presentation and we usually have materials that we go with, so you go about line by line or you explain everything and you're okay. But on the first meeting or on an initial meetings, you know, there's a lot of information to give out and and sometimes you miss that important information because you may think that it doesn't apply to them or it doesn't fit their situation or need, but in fact it does. So those are the things that I've, I've learned. And also, a lot of times I don't speak as clearly as I think I did. Like even in pronunciation or breeding or where did comma go, <laughs> things mm-hmm. like this. So public speaking. Yeah, I think you're exactly correct. I mean, I've found over the years that your words really matter and how you say them and the way you say them. In I think all of our businesses, essentially, we, we exchange words for value and our clients pay for the value. Right. What do you mean? Say it again. Like the phrase, I'm not, I'm not sure what you mean by it. What do you mean we, explain, we exchange words for value? I mean, think about it. Everything that we do is essentially the words that come out of our mouths. Clients see value in that or they don't see value in that. And they... Ah. You know, so what you say and how you say it, I yeah. think, matters and needs to. That's why it needs to be practiced and mm-hmm. game taped. And, and uh, do you find it weird when you're dismissed, when the that? client <laughs> fails to perceive value from your words? Oh yeah, like of when course. There's a lot of disagreement. What, what's your experience with that? Like, because there's times where you'll be speaking, uh-huh. and they will explicitly say, it or the body language will demonstrate it. You think he nailed it? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Like, let me say it another way. Right. Yeah, I find that being you know, 37 years old, 37 years young at the same time, being a decade in, having done a lot of learning, it's fascinating when a educated, thought-through, comprehensive idea of mine falls totally flat. And like you said, you, you sit there and you think, really? I missed that one? How did I miss this so bad? <laughs> what I do is I go straight and engage with the clients. And it's, it's fascinating because... Now, I, I charge a f- fixed financial planning fee, so I have no commission breath. I'm not dependent upon the, the client purchase or anything, so I feel very free. I feel tremendously free. And I will just engage a client in an intellectual sparring match. What's failing to resonate about this recommendation of mine? What's missing? What's your aversion that is emotional, to me, irrational, that I'm missing here? What's, what's the learning that you have about the suite of products or strategies that I'm butting heads with and let's let's unpack this not that one of us has to be right but i'm confused because i still believe what i'm recommending and i want it for the two of you because most of my clients are couples and I, I want it for the two of you in the family so help me understand what am i missing that makes this sweetest strategies a problematic solution back to your question from before one of the the things people call me a lot as a financial therapist Mm-hmm. And they say that they cry in my office more than they do in a lot of other professionals. <laughs> you, ever feel, you ever feel like that? You're more of a psychologist than an advisor? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 100%. Uh-huh. I'm a big believer in, in therapy, and so I've, I've been in a, a lot of my own therapy, and so I definitely have that exposure to it to 
at least as an informed amateur to deploy it on people. And there's there's a lot of crying that takes place in my office, and people are like, mm. I, I, I say you're my financial therapist. One of the things that I, I learned from watching the game tape is, and it's listening to the game tape, to clarify, one of the things I learned from, from listening to the game tape is my client meetings are very conversational. And I could see somebody else, and I did it to myself when observing, wondering where it was going on, where were things heading. And the answer is they're always heading somewhere functional. Absolutely everything's germane, nothing's tangential. So I learned from that that it's my way of engaging with people is to engage them in their lives and have a conversation, and I'll bring the financial expertise to bear. I will abstain from just talking about something and tangential and unrelated and therefore problematic and you know just chatting about the, the sports game from the weekend for the sake of chit-chatting. I will make it tangential and bring it back to the conversation. But that's a huge thing I noticed is the Dan Johnson style is very conversational and laden and filled with practical application. And for me to own that was interesting because I wondered, you're a few minutes in. Like, I'm, I because I, when I recorded it, it has a, a ticker on the bottom, you know, for how much time it's passed. I'm like, wow, you're really, where are you going? Where are you wandering? Mm. And I'm like, oh no, that all came together. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're listening, you're paying attention, you're engaging. You just, you have to get somewhere. Yeah, like in our company, we call it information gathering. And they teach us how to be patient and listen to what your clients are saying and gather the information because there are a lot of clues out there that we have to do detective work sometimes because we're like, you know, this is totally unrelated. But, you know, so we learn to listen to, you know, what they're saying first. But in the beginning, especially when you're anxious, you find yourself leading the conversation, not listening. So when you lead the conversation, I mean, there's good things about that too, but, you know, you don't end up getting the information that you really need to get out of your clients to help them the best way. It's kind of like the therapist that they yeah. were saying, tell yeah. me more, you know. So, right. yeah. <laughs> right. so, and, and, and. Yeah, so like, you know, what other companies, uh, MD means managing director, marketing director, we also call money doctor. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. If you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes at MDRT Podcast. We'll see you next time.